0: Our scripture reading for today is Matthew 2, 1 through 12, and Romans eight twenty eight thirty eight 38, and 39. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For me observed his star at its rising, and have come to pay him homage. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. Romans 8:28, 38, and 39. We know that all things work together for good for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For I am convinced neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord.
1: And this is the word of the Lord. This morning, we're wrapping a series in which we've been looking for important aspects of the Christmas story in some of our favorite Christmas movies. However, I'm not sure the term favorite applies today. Let me check. How many of us have seen National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation? Okay. How many of those of us who have seen it liked it? Oh, that's pretty good. I have to confess, it's one of our family's favorite movies, largely because my wife and kids see a strong resemblance between the Chevy Chase character, Clark W. Griswold, and me. (laughs) For the life of me, I don't know why. Christmas Vacation opened in theaters on December 1st, 1989, The critics panned it. It was crushed at the box office by Back to the Future 2. And still, it ranks high on surveys of favorite Christmas movies. Some suggest that's because disaster films always do well, and this is a Christmas movie that features one disaster after another. The screenplay was the work of John Hughes, based on his short story in National Lampoon magazine. Frank Capra III was an assistant director on the project. Of course, his grandfather, Frank Capra, produced and directed It's a Wonderful Life. And there are a few nods to that movie in Christmas Vacation. In one scene, the Griswold's... Daddy,
0: says every time bell rings, an angel gets his wings.
1: That's Rusty watching the movie on TV. You may remember this recurring frustration from It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, This is how Clark deals with a similar situation.
0: Fix the new post!
1: One more fun fact. This scene was not scripted. The actors E.G. Marshall and John Randolph were napping while filming was taking place in another part of the set. A crew member noticed them, pointed it out to the director, Jeremiah Chechik, who set up the cameras to record that for posterity. (laughs) The movie opens as Clark leads the Griswold family on a pre-holiday quest.
0: Beautiful. Dad crawls with bows of holly, la 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 Tis the season to be jolly, la 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 la. we now our gay apparel, la 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 Hey, sing, deal old jingle fa la 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 Take it, Russ. La 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 la.
1: Dad,
0: can you explain again what we're doing?
1: Sure, us. We're kicking off our fun old-fashioned family Christmas by heading out into the country in the old
0: front-wheel drive sleigh to embrace the frosty majesty of the winter landscape and select that most important of Christmas symbols.
1: We're not driving all the way out here so you can get one of those stupid ties with the Santa Clauses on it, are we, Dad?
0: No, I have one of those at home. What we're looking for today is the Griswold family Christmas tree. There it is. Griswold family Christmas tree. Isn't it a little big? It's not big. It's just full. Dad, that thing wouldn't fit in our yard. Not going in our yard, Russ. It's going in our living room. Did you bring a saw?
1: Clark has planned the perfect good old family Christmas, but he tends to go a little overboard, and his plans never quite live up to expectations. Then the family arrives.
0: Merry Christmas hey! Hey! Oh, hey. oh, you Merry Christmas, oh, Merry Christmas. Christmas. Oh, mom oh, are you honest? Of course honest. I do.
1: You know, they took a pint of fluid out of my lower back. You see this small, This small in my neck? Mm-hmm. You think it's changing color? No. no. Well, it's you it's keep everything. touching it, it's getting redder. Oh, Mike, can you believe oh, it. I love it. Isn't that terrible? You're not getting into what I used to I'm doing the parking.
0: The you want to brush. Oh, oh, oh. They're not standing in my room. Hey, see, so the evidence we have, Your grandma always
1: got a real painful burr on my heels. If you rub it for me, I'll give you a whole quarter. <laughs> a quarter. And I'll give Audrey a quarter too, Audrey. To Audrey. I love my I love
0: my this is what Christmas is all about. Ella, uh, park the cars and check the luggage,
1: and uh, I'll be outside for the season. Clark has said that Christmas is all about resolving differences, and putting aside petty problems. But once his parents and in-laws have moved in and the bickering begins and the complaining commences, he tells Ellen, I'll be outside for the season. Even then, he continues his quest for the perfect good old-fashioned fun family Christmas as he decorates the house with a most amazing light display to help the families enjoy the holidays all the more. But try as he might, he can't get the lights to go on. And his frustration boils over before Ellen lends a helping hand.
0: Dear, dear Francis, I hope this adds to your enjoyment of the holidays. Oh, it's just wonderful. Art. Art. Dad, thanks for being here. And a little light, are not twinkling. I know Art and Thanks for noticing. The house sure does look swell, Clark. Thanks, Eddie. <laughs> would enhances your holiday spirit, <laughs> dear Catherine. Eddie? <laughs> oh, the house is gorgeous, Clark. <laughs> Eddie? <laughs> I hope you didn't do this all on our account, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> Kids, come on out here and see what Uncle Clark's done to the house.
1: Eddie? We were gonna call, but Eddie wanted to make it a surprise.
0: Yeah, you surprised? (laughs) Surprised, Eddie? If I woke up tomorrow with my head sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now. (laughs) We have plenty of room. (laughs) (laughs) Plenty of towels. (laughs) Plenty of
1: everything. Nothing says Christmas quite like a family dropping in by surprise, huh? So far, nothing is going according to Clark's plan. He heads up into the attic to hide some gifts, but his mother-in-law closes the door behind him. The rest of the family goes out shopping, and Clark is trapped in the freezing attic. He bundles up as best he can and bides his time watching home movies from Christmas's past. See if you can catch the words of the Ray Charles song that plays under the scene.
0: Taking a walk through the snow, listening to a children's choir, singing songs of.
1: Listening to a children's choir, singing songs about Jesus and the blessed way that he came to us, why can't it remain all through the year? Clark's Christmas spirit survives mishap after mishap. He asks Aunt Bethany, to offer the blessing for the Christmas Eve dinner, and she favors the family with a stirring rendition of the Pledge of Allegiance. The roast turkey was so overcooked, when Clark attempted to carve it, it exploded. Aunt Bethany's cat chews through a string of Christmas lights and is electrocuted. Uncle Lewis sets the Griswold family Christmas tree aflame while trying to light a cigar. A squirrel hitchhikes aboard the replacement tree that Clark commandeers from the yard and is chased around the house by Cousin Eddie's dog, wreaking havoc. Most devastating of all. The Christmas bonus Clark was expecting from his company turns out to be not what he had expected, after all.
0: Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I can't
1: believe it. What is it? A letter confirming your reservation at the Nuthouse?
0: It's from my company. Your bonus. My bonus. Oh. I'm just gonna wait till Lamar to tell you all this, but what the heck? With this bonus check, I'm putting in a swimming pool. That's it. That's the big one. Open it. I'm sorry if I've been a little short with everyone lately. It's, I've been waiting for this bonus make sure the pool goes in as soon as the ground falls i had to lay out the money in advance and until this little miracle arrived i didn't have enough in my account to cover the check i wrote oh clark what's wrong honey gift that keeps on giving the whole year. That it is, Edward. That it is indeed.
1: Nothing went according to Clark's plan. But then, that's the way with Christmas, isn't it? The very first Christmas was resplendent with the events that didn't go according to plan. Young Mary, engaged to Joseph, didn't plan to conceive a child before her wedding day, certainly not by the Holy Spirit. And then to be hoisted on the back of a donkey while eight and nine-tenths months pregnant Nothing went according to Mary's plan. Joseph, who had a promising career as a carpenter, must have looked forward to starting the next chapter in his life with his fiancée, who then informed him she was expecting. The child she bore was the son of the Most High God. And if that wasn't enough of a shock... An angel appeared to him in a dream to assure him all was going according to plan. But that certainly wasn't Joseph's plan. You can't convince me that the shepherds, keeping watch over their flocks by night, had planned all along to be visited by a heavenly host of angels, and then to see with their own eyes the fulfillment of God's promises in the person of a newborn sleeping in a feed box. Or that those wise men from the East were following their own plan when they found the object of their search, the child who had been born King of the Jews, not in a royal palace in Jerusalem, but in a humble home, in Bethlehem, nothing went according to the plans of Mary or Joseph or the shepherds or the wise men. Nothing. But everything went perfectly according to God's plan. The Apostle Paul certainly knew something about life events. Not going according to plan. Trained as a Pharisee, he was Christianity's most dangerous opponent. Then was transformed into its most effective spokesperson. He was threatened, imprisoned, beaten, harassed. And at a time when he could have used some spiritual encouragement, he offered some for the followers of Jesus in Rome when he wrote we know that all things work together for good for those who love God who are called according to his purpose for i am convinced that nothing neither death nor life neither angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come nor powers nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. My favorite services have always been Christmas Eve. I get to look out over a sea of beautiful faces illuminated by candlelight. Many of those faces are familiar, some are not. I remember how they looked Tuesday evening a week ago, and I know that over the course of this new year, many of those faces will be brightened by smiles that will come with joy and good news of accomplishments new relationships, milestones achieved and celebrated. I also know that over the course of this new year, many of those same faces will be streaked with tears that will flow from sad news of losses, setbacks, and disappointments. My hope is that Paul's words of encouragement will echo down through the ages when life doesn't go according to our plans and we are in need of spiritual encouragement. We know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. Nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Clark Griswold was certainly in need of some encouragement when nothing about his good old-fashioned family Christmas was going according to his plans. Cousin Eddie tried to lend a hand by kidnapping Clark's boss. But as you might have guessed, that doesn't go according to plan either.
0: My cousin-in-law, whose heart is bigger than his brain, I appreciate that, Clark. Is innocent. I'll be more than happy to take a rap on this. On behalf of myself and on behalf of every other employee, you rear-ended this Christmas. Look, uh, Sometimes things look good on paper, but to lose their luster when you see how it affects real folks. I guess a healthy bottom line doesn't mean much. To get it, you have to hurt the ones you depend on. It's, it's people that make the difference little people like you. So, Carl. Christmas star. That's all that matters tonight—not
1: bonuses or gifts or turkeys or trees. See, kids, it means something different to everybody.
0: Now I know what it means to me.
1: Clark remembered what Christmas is all about. I hope we will too. May the real Christmas story fill this brand new year. May we find ways to celebrate the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love of Christmas each and every day. May we remember Paul's spiritual encouragement that all things work together for good for those who love God and that nothing is able to separate us from God's love. And when life doesn't go according to our plans, may we have the faith that somehow some way it will work out according to God's plan. Let's pray. Lord, when we sing songs about Jesus and the blessed way that he came to us, we are filled with hope and peace, joy and love. And we can't help but ask, why can't it remain all through the year? Instill in us the commitment to make it so to make the Christmas story real each and every day of this new year. Help us spread your Christmas gifts of hope and peace, joy and love, all day, every day, knowing we will be blessed as we do so. Amen. You may have noticed that the United Methodist Church was in the national news again this weekend following the release on Friday of the report of the work of a 16-member mediation team titled, The Protocol of Reconciliation and Grace Through Separation. The group represented the range of different values and perspectives as well as the global nature of our 13 million member church. Their recommendations will be considered by the General Conference, the only body authorized to make decisions for the denomination. The General Conference will be meeting in May in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Our congregation's leadership will have ample opportunity to review and discuss the available material and to recommend any steps it determines appropriate in light of the action of General Conference and our California Nevada Annual Conference later this spring. In the meantime, if you have questions, if you would like to review the materials for yourself, or if you wish to discuss the matter, I will be available at the center door at the conclusion of the service. This year, this new year, let the day arrive when Christmas comes for everyone, everyone alive. We know that tears and smiles are both important parts of being alive. So let us go forth with hope, peace, joy, and love, the gifts of Christmas to wipe away tears and to bring smiles to children of God everywhere we go. Amen? Amen. Amen.
0: For listening to this podcast of the First United Methodist Church in Turlock, California. This podcast is distributed under a Creative Commons, non commercial, share alike license. For more information about our church, visit www.fumcturlock or call the church at 209 668 3000. Visitors are always welcome. And now, may the peace of the Lord dwell in your hearts this day.